0: Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. The Bonus Break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. Produced as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, the bonus break covers all of the topics you care most about—professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, tech, and more. Today's bonus break is the second installment of a multi-part series about strategic planning. This series is based on a Lunch & Learn that I presented last month, and I'm breaking the lunchtime presentation into seven or eight bonus break-sized podcasts. The first part of the series was released last week, and it focused on determining if you need a new strategic plan and whether your organization is actually ready to begin the planning process. Now, once you know you need a plan and you're ready to roll up your sleeves and begin the planning, it's a good idea to understand the stages of strategic planning. There are four distinct stages of strategic planning, and we will discuss each of them over the next several segments in this series. But these stages are the environmental scan, second, drafting the initial strategy, third, board feedback, and fourth, finalizing the plan. These stages are used by almost everyone, from consultants who facilitate strategic plans to boards that choose a bootstrapped do-it-yourself planning model. Now, While every consultant has their own term for each of these stages, they really don't vary much from process to process. In this bonus break, we will dive into the first stage of the planning process. Strategic planning typically begins with the environmental scan, which some consultants refer to as information gathering, and I've even heard one consulting firm call it unpacking the organization. The environmental scan reviews your organization from a number of different perspectives and usually involves a review of several years of programmatic, financial, and fundraising data to help identify existing trends in these areas. Understanding these data trends is critically important to the planning process. Some organizations that I've worked with, for example, have found that they have a high donor acquisition rate but are not really seeing any growth in their individual donor base. So essentially, their high donor acquisition rate they find is masking a very low retention rate, and it has for several years. I also worked with one organization where when we looked at their personnel expenses over about a five-year period, we saw that their personnel expenses remained flat, while the organization's budget had actually grown in almost every other line item. So when you see trends like this, you've got to stop and figure out why. Sometimes that requires additional research, and sometimes you already have a good sense of why you've got those trends in the data, whether that's fundraising, financial, or programmatic trends. The environmental scan also typically includes gathering feedback from both internal and external stakeholders. Some consultants call those constituents. I don't like to get hung up on terms too much. And every now and then, um, someone who's in a planning group will ask me, how do I define a stakeholder? And for me, a stakeholder is someone who has a critical role in the organization's successful implementation of the strategic plan. So that might be funders, individual donors, major donors, um, partner organizations, consumers or clients. Maybe a civic group that you work very closely with, or the city government, or a state agency, but pretty much representatives from any entity that has a real stake in the success of the strategic plan. Typically, what I try to do is gather this feedback in the most personal way possible. So I also typically say to folks that in person is better than phone, and gathering by phone is better than gathering uh, with a paper survey, and gathering with a paper survey is often better than an online survey. And this is true because as with all individual data collection, the more information you get, the higher the quality of that information. So when you are having a face-to-face conversation with someone, they are more likely to volunteer information, whereas if you are just giving them a survey online, they're checking the boxes. They can choose A, B, C, D, and yeah, you might even have some space for them to write, but they're not going to be as candid. They don't know who's going to read it. But when they can look in the eye of the person they're giving this information to, people are much more forthcoming with information. Now, when I help organizations prepare to conduct an environmental scan, board members and executive directors are often surprised that brainstorming stakeholders might result in 75 to 100 people. But you think about it, if you're getting four to six stakeholders from all of the groups that I'd already mentioned, you know, funders and partners and civic organizations, etc., you can very quickly have a pretty large list. It's not uncommon for someone to also ask me whether or not we actually have to reach out to all of those 75 or 100 people that we have listed as stakeholders. And I think it's important, too, and there are several reasons. The first reason is not everyone we reach out to is going to respond and allow us to get information from them. In fact, oftentimes... If we can get just 60 to 70% of the people that we have brainstormed to sit down and have that conversation with us and give us that feedback, I kind of view that as successful. But the other reason to go out to all of these key stakeholders is keep in mind, they are going to be critically important in the organization's success going forward. And because they're going to be critically important, we want to make sure that they have had the opportunity to provide input. Typically, after about the first 25 or 30 conversations or interviews with stakeholders, the themes have already emerged. But when you still have a conversation with another 30 stakeholders on top of that, at the end of the planning process, when you go to all... 55, 60, 70 of those stakeholders, and you show them the strategic plan, they look at it and they say to themselves, yeah, I'm the one who told them about that piece on page seven. Or, yeah, I'm the one who suggested they consider stopping that program or starting something new. And then they feel good about it, and again, they're more invested in your success. Now, no environmental scan is complete without doing two things with the board. And the first is to make sure that you include your board members in that stakeholder list and that somebody, ideally an independent person like a consultant, actually has those structured conversations or interviews with board members. But no environmental scan is complete as well without doing a board evaluation. As you probably know, I am a big fan of completing an independent board evaluation. Someone who is not on the board, who is not staff, who is not a funder. And that board evaluation should assess the board in several areas, recruitment, orientation, participation, and adherence to organizational documents like the bylaws. Now, the board evaluation should offer comparative data as well, so the governing body can understand how it benchmarks against similar boards. You can get that comparative data from a number of different places. Um, I know my consulting practice does the board performance index which can offer some comparative data but then board source also has some great data on board attendance and board giving and what types of committees the boards have additionally it never hurts to give a dish to give individual board members their own results on attendance committee participation giving and fundraising and comparing those results to the board's average performance in those areas. So when I get my own individual results, let's say my attendance is 60%, and I see that the average is 75% attendance, I now know that I'm below average. And I know I need to, br- I need to bring up my game a little bit. By the end of the environmental scan, so once you've done your data analysis on programs and fundraising and finance, once you have gone out to all of the key stakeholders of your organization, and once you've completed your board evaluation, the organization should then have a complete assessment of their strengths and challenges and better understand the factors that have shaped the organization in recent years. What's more, now they should be at a point where they are prepared to consider future opportunities. Before considering these future opportunities, the organization is going to want to revisit its mission, vision, and core values, because if it thinks about changing the mission, vision, and core values, that also might change how it approaches opportunities and challenges in the future. We don't have time to discuss this today, so next week's podcast will do a deep dive into documenting your organization's mission, vision, and core values. This bonus break and the Successful Nonprofits podcast is produced by the Goldenberg Group as part of our mission to provide board development, strategic planning, and interim leadership to help nonprofits thrive in a competitive environment. Be sure to visit our podcast website at SuccessfulNonprofits.com or find me, Dolph Goldenberg, at SuccessfulNonprofits.com, GoldenbergGroup.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And if you think your organization is ready to begin strategic planning, reach out to me. I am currently booking new engagements for the spring of 2018. I'm looking at starting at about one new project in probably April or May. So this is a great time to get on my consulting calendar. Thanks for joining us for this bonus break. And I hope you gained some insight that you will use to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. I am not an accountant or attorney and neither I nor the Goldberg Group provide tax, legal or accounting advice. This material has been provided for informational purposes only, is not intended to provide, and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Always consult a qualified, licensed professional about such matters.